Rabbi Yitzchak Tendler. Rabbi Yitz Tendler is executive director of the Beth Jacob Synagogue, where we are situated. Our makeshift mobile studio is here in the beautiful lobby of the Beth Jacob Congregation, Beth Jacob Synagogue. He is leading many community initiatives, which we will discuss. Um, and, uh, and we will talk about some of the things that he has been involved with during his tenure here at Beth Jacob. Rabbi Tendler, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. Good morning. First Good of you. all, mazel tov to you. The last time we were here, uh, we weren't able to meet because uh, Thank you. you found yourself at the hospital, Baruch Hashem, for a good reason. This is true. November 28th, you <laughs> came. Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't meet because uh, we had a new baby girl. We named her Meira Hana. Mazel She's tov. wonderful. Thank you. Baruch Hashem. How many years have you been with uh, Beth Jacob? I've been here for uh, three years now. And um, the job of the executive director, I know, is, is one to help actually run the synagogue and the congregation. But I, based on your reputation, you have found yourself going beyond that, really getting involved in community-wide activities. Sure. Obviously, number one priority is, uh, is Beth Jacob and, and uh, being as creative as possible and innovative and moving the ball forward. But, of course, uh, the broader community you've heard so much about, um, all the various initiatives that take place, and, and playing some role in that has been uh, Incredibly gratifying. We're on Facebook Live now, right? Oh, wow. I'm going to ask Facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. Maybe Yoni could actually take the camera over there for a moment because there are 18 slots in your wall, each one dedicated to either another community event or school activity that's ongoing. And I think that's, you know, basically to the envy of every congregation in this country to have programming like that. Tell me what it's like to upkeep that type of schedule. Oh, wow. So... Uh, you're absolutely correct, and we make it a priority to have a best possible programming. We're constantly in touch with other shoals around the country, partially through the OU, which I know uh, is playing sure. a significant role here, getting ideas from them, fi- identifying the best possible speakers to uh, to help enhance our programming. Uh, just recently, we actually partnered two weeks ago with the OU Women's Division, um, and we hosted Sivan Rahav Meir, who's a well-known Israeli journalist. So these kinds of speakers who are typically found only in, in larger Jewish communities that we make it a, a, our business to bring the best possible uh, to Atlanta. So there's a lot of planning. At any given point, we're planning three, four, five months in advance, if not more sometimes. So um, as you see, uh, there's educational, social, um, all kinds of uh, offerings. Was your schedule or was your planning uh, altered at all by the big game that's happening Sunday in Atlanta? Are you, are you like us, have been ignoring that and have been focused on the Jewish community of Atlanta? No, it is altered a little <laughs> bit. This, this weekend we actually have Dr. David Pelkowitz coming. And so to talk about football, to talk, <laughs> I don't know if that's his wheel, <laughs> wheelhouse, but uh, Dr. Pelkowitz um, will be will be here speaking. But obviously, we didn't. We had to make sure not to time anything that comes even close <laughs> to the big game. So he'll be he'll, his keynote address will be Sunday morning. Whereas under normal circumstances, we probably would have pushed it later. In the All day. right, yeah. so you're, you're you're smart in your programming to yeah. say the least. Rabbi Tendler is here, executive director of Beth Jacob. All right, we for our first encounter where your name first became familiar to, to us was the Cookies for Israel project. And that was some type of record-breaking effort, right? Yes. Just remind my audience about that. Absolutely. So in June of this year, we uh, here in uh, Beth Jacob, actually right behind me, there's a large social hall. It's 6,000 square feet. We broke a Guinness World Record. A little bit of a background here. Um, the, on the Guinness, uh, in the Guinness Record books, there's a record for the world's largest cookie flag mosaic, which uh, and basically entails taking many tens of thousands of cookies of varying colors and assembling a national flag. Now, the record holder up until this past June was actually Pakistan. Mm. Um, Pakistan built a, uh, a, I believe it was 2,500 square foot um, uh, cookie 
uh, flag out of uh, many, many cookies. And, um, you know, I stumbled across this record and I said, there's no reason that the state of Israel celebrating its 70th year can't, uh, can't, can't be Pakistan, which on a side, side note, Pakistan does not allow um, Israeli passport holders into their country. So there's a little bit of a so nice So we have to get them out of the number one yes, position. Yes, exactly. And we were successful on uh, June 3rd of this year. We, um, we, uh, Built an Israeli uh, an Israeli flag made out of 117,000 cookies. Wow! Uh, blue and white cookies. Wow. Yeah, it was a mind-boggling uh, logistical undertaking. And there's videos of the whole thing, right? There's videos of the whole thing. We're actually probably within the next two days going to release like the formal final video, um, which includes the actually Yonas and Gavant singing on it um, yeah, this nice. year. But um, and we and, them early. and Sid Kiyahu, uh, Rabbi Jake, and nice. um, and so we brought people from all around the community together. Uh, the Israeli Consul General was here, and and many others. I actually have here with me the um, the Guinness <laughs> the uh, certificate, Guinness which was not as easy as you'd imagine. Um, on, on site at the actual uh, record breaking, we had a Guinness judge um, who certified the record, but the record was in the name of the Atlanta Jewish community, and we wanted the state of Israel to be listed. And so Guinness Guinness would only uh, Guinness would only allow us to do that if. Only one person can potentially could possibly write a letter that would allow them to list the state of Israel as the record holder. And that is that is Ambassador Ron Dermer in Washington, and uh, we tried going through the Israeli Foreign Ministry, hit a hit a brick wall, and then uh, figured out some other ways uh, in classic Israeli style, <laughs> pulling strings. And Ron Dermer wrote us a phenomenal letter, um, and uh, and uh, it was really I I could show you a copy of it. It was great, and and because of that, now in the Guinness records, the state of Israel beat Pakistan and holds the record for the world's largest cookie flag mosaic. Well, congratulations. Congratulations. Thank Most you. importantly, yes. I would guess, is that it brought the whole community together. Yes, it brought the entire community together, um, really all streams of the community. We also had a parallel fundraiser where we allowed people around the world to buy right. a cookie. We talked about that. And we the chose area. three charities in Israel. And um, and for the and so the total campaign raised over $100,000. Uh, most of that came from local, a uh, small group of local individuals who underwrote the entire cost of the project. But we were able to send tens of thousands of dollars to Israel to uh, charities there as well. Speaking to Rabbi Yitz Tendler, we're here in Atlanta. Uh, what's a Shabbat block party? Shabbat block party. Great question. Thanks, uh, <laughs> thanks for asking. So, so uh, the annual uh, Shabbos project, which is an international effort, as you know, to uh, celebrate Shabbos around the world. So the way uh, we, one of the ways we do it here in Atlanta is uh, this year was the fourth year that we brought um, the entire Toco Hills community, our entire community together. And right here in the front parking lot of Beth Jacob, we cleared out all the cars and we have a free public Shabbos lunch for 800 people. On Shabbos morning. On Shabbos morning, it's the largest that goes on anywhere in the world on uh, Shabbos morning of the of the Shabbos project. I mean, project. I, could th- I could think of a few challenges that you face in trying to do that. Oh yeah, but a lot went, of logistics. But it, but it went it. well. It goes, yeah, it's great. Every year, it's a highlight. It's one of those things that bring that you know we talk about Hurricane Irma and all these other community efforts. Right. The, those are only possible through these touchstones throughout the year mm-hmm. when we find these these easy these events that that provide common ground to come together and and build that that kind of trust and relationship. This upcoming uh, fall season, I'm assuming you'll do it again. Uh, of course. number Yeah, fifth year. Very cool. You mentioned Hurricane Irma, <laughs> and you're the first person to give credit to uh, all the congregations that participated, yourselves, the Young Israel, Toko Hills, everybody who really stepped up. It is one of the uh, reasons, I, I, I can almost say it's one of the reasons we're here, because it really propelled Atlanta to the forefront in terms of you know Jewish news in the United States, you know we we heard about how incredible a community it is. We had been familiar with Atlanta beforehand, but that they were able to open up their arms in their homes in that type of situation was simply remarkable. Did it take you 
by surprise that this would be such a welcoming community for that episode? That's a great question. So the truth is that I don't know if anybody touched on this yet, but we had a bit of a trial run the previous year. I believe it was Hurricane Matthew, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Andrew Matthew, I um, which uh, which um, was was a sort of a trial run. We had a much smaller scope, obviously. We had several dozen families from Jacksonville, Savannah, Charleston uh, reach out to us. And, um, and, and we pulled together to do that. And because we came together at that, at that moment and we started laying the groundwork of, of, of the technology that would allow us to process information and match people up when, when it happened, uh, of course, in a much, <laughs> ma- much more massive scale in Hurricane Irma, we were, we were more prepared both in terms of the relationships and identifying competent people here who knew how to m- manipulating the data was the most uh, difficult thing. Because we had masses of information coming in in terms of guests sharing information with us, potential guests, as well as hosts. Right. Making those shidduchim, bringing those together, um, sorting all the information, fi- matching somebody with... I mean, we had people, you know, of course, Baruch Hashem, we had the, these births, but we right. had people with terminal illnesses coming. We had people with all kinds of uh, very specific limitations that we had to, to match up. So... Did it take me by surprise? Uh, yeah, the scope of it definitely took me by surprise. We had, I mean, we had a United Hatzalah contingent from Israel passing through Atlanta during that same time to go to Florida. We had, and in addition to the uh, to the roughly 600 meals, uh, we were serving several times, you know, twice a day, three times a day for for over a week. Uh, and we had our own we had our own power outages when we got the tail end of that same storm, right. which actually skirted. The uh, most of the South Florida community. Yeah, many people think it was only Shabbos. You're doing this for days. I mean, people yeah. open their homes for days. Yes, uh, to people from Florida, mm-hmm. an, an amazing effort and really incredible. And God forbid it should happen again. But you did learn a big lesson about your community. Absolutely, that they're we ready did. to do it. They're equipped for it, and they've got the spirit to make it happen. It was very inspiring within the community, and we we had people around the world calling us asking, "How can we help?" One one fellow from Toronto wouldn't take no for an answer, <laughs> and so I said, "It's possible. If it gets worse, we might need air mattresses." 24 hours later, he got it through customs somehow from Canada. Um, 200 air mattresses show up here. Some of them are still downstairs. <laughs> Unbelievable. How many years have you been in Atlanta? Uh, seven years. And before that? Uh, I grew up in Baltimore, but um, my wife and I lived in Israel for a few years. And so. what first attracted you to this town? So the, the truth is, uh, in full disclosure, my wife is from here. Huh. Um, but nice. we were actually on our way somewhere else um, when uh, when we stopped here for coming from Israel. But uh, for uh, because we love the community, and uh, in addition to the family dimension, and it was we thought it would be a great place to raise our family. We we stuck around. You know, some people who've been with us this week, tongue in cheek, have asked us to tone things down. Don't let everybody know about Atlanta. We don't want the secret to get out. Uh, you know, the community to get too big. But uh, but you'd be happy to tell people who are listening right now that they could find an amazing Jewish community down here, right? Absolutely. Yes, the Atlanta Jewish community is, I think it's unique. It's one of a kind. It's a, it's a, it's a great balance of a lot of the different uh, things, pieces that make a community work. And uh, you're always welcome. By the way, it doesn't take a hurricane. We host people literally every single week. We have a hospitality committee um, in, in our shul. And I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Every week we're... A lot we're, of people passing through this town. People pass through. And whenever somebody comes and, they, and we ask, where are you staying? And they stay in a hotel, we get very angry with them. <laughs> Because that's completely inexcusable. And they, what, what about this weekend? You have people who are coming for the big game. We do. We absolutely do. And yeah. they're being taken care. They of are by, being taken care families. of. I just placed somebody uh, yesterday um, who who's uh, you know a, a student from Pittsburgh, a graduate student who's coming to. The, he's a Rams fan, 
and um, we set him up for Shabbos. We found a third Rams fan in this yeah. town, thank <laughs> God. It seems everybody else is from the New England side. What can I tell yeah. you? Rabbi Yitz Tedler, thank you for your hospitality. It's for an honor. For welcoming us here to Beth Jacob. It's an honor. It's Anytime. much appreciated. Great seeing you. Take care. Rabbi Yitz Tedler is executive director here at Beth Jacob and uh, gave us a wonderful perspective of this incredible community. More coming up. You are listening to a Wednesday morning edition of JM in the AM.